Please note that at the beginning of today's episode, Luke mentions a particular microphone uh, that isn't actually what was used to record this episode. His recording failed, so probably uh, another uh, another tip for, for learning is to make sure you've properly tested your equipment before using it. Anyway, we look forward to seeing you on the other side. Welcome to the Ross, L and Luke show. We're Aussie blokes, we're dads, and we're entrepreneurs. Between us, we've made a lot of mistakes and learned a few things about life, love, relationships, and business. And we're here to share those with you. You may get three different perspectives, or you may get one universal agreement. But whatever you take away from today, you can be guaranteed we enjoy bringing it to you. And some of those mistakes are, uh, are around uh, preparing a, a podcast like this. <laughs> yes, yeah, we found. So today we have... Should we mention the brand name of the microphone? Uh, yes, well, <laughs> yes, it's a product bike, but we're always looking to upgrade uh, for Snowball. I uh, bought it from JB Hi-Fi. It was uh, 149 down to 99 so how could you say no to a bargain like that? Uh, I did ask for a further discount. Uh, he said, that's not possible. <laughs> Can you check with your manager? I am the manager. You should be able to pull the pull the strings. Anyway, uh, Al's on the phone next to the mic somewhere in the world, uh, and yeah, myself and Ross are in the in the studio. Alex Studio, we call it. So, how are you, Al? Going really well, thank you. Hello. Well, where are you located today? Williamstown today. Oh, nice, nice. And uh, how's your week been? This week has started better than the last couple, so I, uh, I'm feeling relaxed and uh, able to accommodate all the extra stuff that <laughs> tends to come my way. Yeah, okay. Interesting. I hope it's all, uh, it's all positive. It um, is. Thank you. Very cool. Uh, and you want to start, Ross? What's your, your sure. Well, yeah, I've got a, a question that I would love to ask. So we were, we were speaking about it a couple of episodes ago, and uh, it was just to be taken note of this so we can cover it in one of the episodes. And it is learning the mechanical skills as the personal skills. So kind of EQ, so emotional um, intelligence. Um, and that was, yeah, and that was what we suggested we should talk about. So learning the mechanical skills versus, you know, personal development or, you know, interpersonal skills. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I think it's uh, mechanicals are, yeah, definitely a good skill uh, to learn. Uh, I suppose applicable to what stage you are in uh, in business as well. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So if you're just starting out in, in business, um, Knowing how to do the job is going to be really important. Yeah. But yeah, as we grow and develop, those other skills become way more important. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose, Al, this is probably a question directed to you because you're probably a bit more uh, seasoned in regards to business. Um, what's been your experience in regards to um, getting back into the mechanics? You know, when a business is obviously potentially up and running. Um, it's got legs, 
processes, systems. Is at any point, uh, you know, do you, did you ever find you had to get back into the mechanics again, just to sort of keep it, uh, keep it fresh, you know, uh, keep a good understanding and a handle on things? Um, so, great question. I, I, I guess I'll, I'll just reframe a little bit because you're sort of asking whether I've had to. So, first of all, I'd say it is a choice. And, uh, you know, there's, there's some people that start a business with the intention of selling the business and therefore, you know, making themselves redundant is important all along. Um, yeah. For, for the most of us that just start a business without really thinking it through, um, that's, a, that's a fair question. Um, in my case, I've been fortunate because I have had partners in each of the businesses that I've been involved in. And so uh, I've been able to step out and, uh, and leave the business to those, those partners. Yeah. Okay. And that, uh, you know, was that, was that agreed upon or was there like a different equity stake, you know, uh, based on that? Well, so, uh, you know, so we definitely didn't plan succession at the beginning. And so it came about when it came about. So the, uh, the biggest business that we've got, it's a project management firm. I haven't really been a hands-on operator in that business anyway. Yeah. And, and so it was, it was relatively easy for me to step out. The real estate business was tougher. Um, I, I was selling real estate. And so uh, at the time, I had to just make that decision that it you know, certainly wasn't working for me to sell real estate and, and, and my interests waning meant that the results were going to wane and so on. Um, again, though, my sister there, being uh, experienced and a property manager for, for a long time, you know, she continued on. Um, and so succession was kind of inherent. Um, and okay. the, I suppose the interesting point behind all that is, you know, you, you've got me thinking a bit, Luke, of course. Um, you know, we, did, we never thought about succession. Uh, and with the bigger business, we, we've now had to think about succession for my business partner. And then uh, with the real estate business, that's, that's not yet been an issue. However, uh, for that to continue to grow, that will become an issue. So, so I don't know, what, maybe you're talking about succession planning and, and how important that is for someone that wants to grow, continue to grow, in their own business. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a, an area like succession is something uh, I've maybe thought about once or twice. But I'd say it's a good insight that you have around that. I think like it's, uh, it's probably a bit of a theme for you as well. Uh, obviously, with different businesses to, to think about that it's sort of long term forward planning. I think it's definitely smart. Um, I can see the benefits of it too. Um, because, yeah, basically, I mean, as you said earlier, just people just get into business and just start and then, you know, they're not thinking of those things. Uh, I suppose back to the mechanics question that Ross posed as well. Um, you know, I, I think for me, I mean, I'm a, I'm a systems and, you know, process-orientated guy. I wasn't always like that. But I think, um, 
been learning how things work again has been you know a big advantage for me. But yeah, I, I, I'm so far away thinking about succession. You know what I mean? It's hard to put those two together. So uh, I'm glad you know sort of plant the seed. I'm, yeah, I'm glad I you know have a bit more insight around potentially what that looks like. It, and even if um, for you, Luke, it's it's not necessarily succession. It's how could the business be done differently such that you know, I don't need to be here um, in it all the time. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a great book that uh, a couple of my I've put my couple of my clients onto reading recently, which is the E-Myth. The E-Myth really takes the perspective mm. for a business of um, being an entrepreneur. Definitely not the perspective of someone working in the business. It's yeah. entirely perspective of working on the business with the intention of never working in it itself. Um, maybe to build the systems early, how you need to build a system for this, how do you build the system? The only reason for working in it would be to build that system. Um, yeah, yeah, and there's, I believe you you or somebody you know gave me that book a long time ago, uh, yep. mentioned that. Um, and there was another one, uh, it was a duct tape marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was another one about building a business mm-hmm. specifically to obviously, you know, uh, run by itself, yeah. uh, but also selling a niche product. So selling mm-hmm. one thing extremely well yeah. uh, at a higher dollar value. So that, that's a really good, yeah, really good sort of book, I think. You know, coupled with E-Myth, was, uh, I've listened to that a few times, actually. So, yeah. yeah. In, in fact, one of the best things you can do is, you know, ab- absolutely grab, you know, the books that uh, are going to help you in specific moments if you're aware of them or, you know, ones that people in, in your world recommend to you, absolutely grab those. But if you've read all of those, don't stop. Just grab the next book, whatever it is, and, and have a go at that. The ability to absorb information as quickly as you can and learn the next thing is really important. To keep learning and growing and developing. You know, some of the most successful people in the world read an extraordinary number of books. Um, you know, they'll, uh, they'll go get, they'll learn how to speed read just so they can get through more books and more content faster. Just fill their mind on how to be more successful. What I'd love to do, Al, is ask you, I guess, um, I believe this was something that you suggested I write down to be asking on a future episode. So I'd love to get your perspective on what is the difference between a mechanical skill and a personal skill? Sorry, was that at me, Ross? It was, yeah. As we did, the waves, the rise, everything okay. I'm just wondering how long to give you. <laughs> so I've, been, I've been listening to you two in discourse and I didn't realise it was me again. So what's the difference between business skills and... The, the personal skills, or the EQ, or... So, the, yeah, mechanical skills versus... Okay. Well, now that, yeah, so when you ask it with the mechanical, uh, that that helps me a lot. So, interesting, yeah, I, I, I wondered if it was that that discussion. Um, I, I vaguely remember us being in that discussion oh, probably a few weeks ago now. So, um, interesting, I wasn't necessarily referring to EQ and personal skills. However, um, it is really interesting for me that you've made that link, and, and I think it's fair. So... Where I was going was 
that by and large we see business, we see careers as a as a technical pursuit. So we learn skills, we have inherent skills, however it works, and we we then exercise them mechanically. We have systems and processes, and it's all very much about about crunching stuff, um, producing stuff. And what I was talking about there, I guess, was some of the skills or, or, or processes that help us leverage, help us expand, help us grow. And, and what I was referring to was that when we focus, and I think this is where you're going with that, Ross, when we focus entirely on our own expansion, then a lot of those other things happen more naturally and, yeah. and they're less of an of a intellectual pursuit, if that makes sense. Yeah. Now, am I making any sense at all? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the way I, I see what you've just described, um, when, I, when I work with a client, I grow them knowing that they'll grow their business because a business is just a reflection of the person. Yep. Um, their relationships are just a reflection of them. Everything right. in a person's world is just a reflection of who they are. Right. Which is why some people have really great relationships that might, you know, have be really bad at, um, you know, running a business. Someone might be really good at running a business but might have really bad relationships because it's just a reflection of, of them. You know, what they're good at, their business will be good at or, or their life will be good at. And what they're, you know, where they have challenges, their life will have challenges and their business will have challenges. Yeah. Interesting. What well, an interesting thing that popped out for me there, Ross, was I'm going to suggest that the person that has excellent vision or has powerful vision and excellent people skills will always will always succeed because that person will always enrol the people they need in their vision that will bring the skills they need. So they'll never need skills other than the ability to enrol others. Yes, except when they don't know that that's the case and they try to do the work themselves. Okay. Because if, if, if there's something in that, that that is not their strong suit, but if they apply it the right way, which is how you just described it, if you apply it as bringing the team together because that's their strong suit, that's what, you know, that's what they're good at, then absolutely um, that, that will be successful in that model, totally. Yeah. And that's, yeah. it's a tough place to be. Uh, I'm, my preference now is to build a really strong vision and to then just find the people to help me fulfil that vision. And, and what that means is find the people that are ready, the right people in the right place at the right time, you know, that are, that are in the right position so they don't necessarily need me to look after them or me to, to, to manage them, etc. So that's, that's where I'm aiming for at the moment and, and I'm finding it really challenging. Yeah. Well, are you finding it challenging because you're not finding enough of those people? So that's a simple else. answer, yes. However, taking full responsibility, I'm finding it challenging because either I'm not good enough or my vision's not good enough or <laughs> something in what I'm doing is not enough to build that team, to attract that team, to, to, make, to, to give that thing life. Yeah, okay. 
Yep. And so the bind I'm in at the moment is between... Uh, and, and again, Luke, fantastic question um, yeah. because, because you've just got me to go deeper on it again. So the bind I'm in is exactly the bind that Luke's referring to. Just I'm just feeling it slightly differently. I'm not wanting to step back into anything, any sort of professional or you know, more mechanical role. I'm not looking to do that. However, yeah. I'm not necessarily escaping the things that I already do. So in my world, I'm... I've, I was always, alongside being a technician, I was the administrative and financial lead. And I've never really, I've given that up in certain businesses, but I've never really given that up in my own little world with my business partner. And so, you know, having not totally let go of that, um, I guess I haven't succeeded from the core role that I've always had. Yeah, well, that, is that just, you know, natural ebbs and flows of life too, that sometimes, uh, what is it? I suppose we we always, we sometimes we keep doing things that you know we've always done because you know what I mean. We're used to it. That's what we do. Um, and when sort of other things present themselves, we sort of we sort of push against it. Um, yep. Great. So I, I suppose <laughs> it's more. It's what we what we put on it, like you know what we give it. The time that we give, the energy that we give, that that you know that sunk cost that some people will continue in a business doing the same thing because they think they're so far in um, that there's no other way or they can't see any other way. Yeah, not, think, that, not that that's your position, but well, I, I think there's probably two things there, and, and it comes down, I think, mostly to making a conscious decision about it. Because so many people will just continue to do stuff. This is just anybody anywhere in life will just continue to do what they've been doing because that's what they've been doing. Yeah. It's conditioning. You know, we, we walk the way we walk because that's how we learn to walk. Um, and you might look at someone else and they just walk differently. And mm. you might go, oh, that person walks funny. Well, who's to say you're not walking funny? So everything we do in life is basically a pattern, which is, how we function so well as human beings. We can do so many things um, without even thinking about it. We can drive a car without even thinking about it. You know, that's you know, a bit of a worry, but nonetheless, it is possible to drive a car without consciously being aware of the trip. You turn up somewhere and you go, wow, I don't remember that trip at all. But you've just driven the car. You've driven through traffic lights, <laughs> through other cars, through all sorts of you know, things going on. And you've done that. Um, and, you know, there's been no accidents or anything along the way. And that's your subconscious mind capable of doing all of that. You know, it's, it's braked, it's indicated, it's accelerated, it's done everything. Subconscious mind is capable of So we run most of our life on autopilot. Our conscious mind is just there for us to learn the skill fast enough to put into our subconscious. So when someone runs a business, they will continue to run that business that same way until it can't run that way anymore. It's very rare for someone to seek to do business differently, to be looking for well, what's the next thing, what can, I, what can I improve, can I improve it here, can I improve it there, where can I improve it, you know, how can I do this better, what isn't working to the degree that it could. And that's, I guess, that's where we then get to make the decision. So is it something that I'm doing just because I've been doing it, or is it something I should be doing because I'm good at it? Should I be doing this for the business because it serves the business? Should I be doing it because I enjoy doing it? 
you know, should I not be doing it because I've been doing it all this way and that's the only reason I've been doing it? Is there a better way? Should someone else be doing it? Should I not even be involved in this? Yeah, I think, yeah, it's really, that's a really good, yeah, a couple of really good points there, Ross, I think, to, to capitalise on that. So I was uh, reading, I think it's something, there was a really good uh, insight. The guy said, if it wasn't your business, how much time and energy would you expend to to be at this point, like to run a business mm-hmm. like this? Great question. It's like, it's like, how much effort would you actually put in? Sit down and think about that. Like, yeah, okay. Great, Great question. question. Yeah, man, it was just sort of a little bit more simplified, you know, for me. That's why it was sort of, sort of stood out. Um, there was a guy, he started a base camp software, and they're a company, they do apparently really well. I haven't done much digging, um, and he was on a podcast, yeah, with Tim Ferriss, yeah. Mm-hmm. And really just, he doesn't care if he doesn't have goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really organic. It's like, well, if I have goals and then I don't meet them and I'm disappointed, well, isn't that a waste of time? Now it's like, <laughs> okay. So he's really, you know, all right. Uh, interesting, but his whole philosophy is that, um, yeah, very uh, essentialist, you know what I mean? Like just, just does the essentials, doesn't say yes to everything. Uh, really thinks about where he puts his time and commitment and thinks about what makes him happy as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and his theory was, I think he runs like a multi, I have a billion dollar company, but it sounds pretty lofty, um, that he said, as long as we're, make, as long as we're making money um, and spending less mm-hmm. you know, than what we yeah. earn, then he goes, I'm kind of okay with this. And you know, him writing his software came about because that's the software he needed. In his business, he didn't write it based on, you know, what he doesn't go out to market to test. He didn't. He didn't write anything based on, you know, anyone else except for what he needed. And he found that there was a, you know, a bit of a market for it. Yeah. They don't do KPIs. They don't have sales goals. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, that's a really cool way to do business. But uh, and it was just interesting to get that sort of point of view. They really. You know, he chooses things, he focuses on things that really matter. Um, and then they, they mentioned a book, uh, what's it called? The Essentialist, I think it's called, by Greg McCallum. Yeah, interesting. So mm-hmm. I downloaded that today. But yeah, they talk about choose, choose carefully in order to do great work, uh, you know, feel in control, get the right things done, uh, and experience joy in the journey. Fuck yeah, that yeah. sounds good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And all that other stuff is added fodder that you take on. How's your sales going? Pat, the guy said to us, well, yeah. Oh, pretty good. Like, you know, good. You know, but we're enjoying it. We're enjoying it. But, you know. It, it sounds like there's an element there of um, there's a book, The One Thing. Yeah. Um, just, hey, what's the one thing that's going to make a difference? So what's the one thing here? Well, you know, what's the problem that we're trying to overcome? Yeah. And what do we, have, what do, we do just to solve that? Yeah, and they're big on the, that one thing at first. I think it was the first half of the book's really, like, really good. Like, yeah, probably the best I've read in a long time. In regards to your vision and your mission, getting clear on, like, you know what I mean? The why, mm-hmm. which I'll talk about a lot. And that's something I've sort of the seed was planted a while back when we spoke about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you think, yeah, it's like, it, it does have a big um, driver in, in some of your outcomes. Yep. You know? Yep. Like, 
Yeah, I've been, been thinking a bit more about that. Yeah, the vision long term. Yep. So how's that big picture sort of think of the vision, the succession, you know, like all that sort of talk. So yeah, it's interesting stuff. So our, where would you say the um the focus on the vision, where does that sit? Uh so for me personal vision is what it's all about. I what I want for myself in my life. And then... Uh, when you say what it's all about, do you mean life? Exactly, exactly. So, cool. so, yeah, so my life is about what, how I want my life to be. And I, I, I believe I've, I've shared before, you know, my personal vision essentially is about being a better version of myself. In fact, it's about being the best version of myself. And... Yeah, and and, like and as, as as Luke was touching on, you know, I'm not attached to that specific goal of being the best. It's more about getting better all the time. Um, and so, really, I want to I want to do things that make me better consistently. Sorry, that and better. That make yeah. me better consistently. Yeah. And, and that you know, and and what that means is is that what I bring. To the people, to the to the environment around me, to the people around me, is always getting better. Is always increasing in value. And then I choose to involve business in that. Okay, so then business career is part of what I'm doing by choice. Yeah. And so then, and then I then I have that separate vision for that career. And and again, this this is quite heavily tied to what what we discussed earlier. You know, so for me, my personal business vision now, career vision, if you like, is to to see a revolution in our economy. And so I want I want to I want to I want to I'm not the only one. So I want to I want to be part of that movement. That sees an end to a, a, a money finance-based economy and a movement toward a, an entirely human economy. So one yeah. where, where where we all we all have uh, you know a, a quality level of existence. We all we all have the ability to to bring what we bring, um, and those that seek to bring more, to, to, to add more value, to gain more value, we'll still have that opportunity. Yeah. So you've just, you've just uh, introduced a, probably a very foreign concept to a lot of people. They might be sitting there going, what are you talking about? Or is, or maybe if they've got some kind of idea, they might be going, isn't that communism? Um <laughs> So would you like to share more about that? Sure. So uh, now I'm not, a, I'm not a, a student of politics, never studied it, so I've only got the basic understanding of, of someone that has, has, has had a good education and, and lived in a, in, a, in a relatively open society. So my understanding of communism is that there's a relatively small number of people that form a leadership group 
or a control group, really, rather than a leadership group, and they then execute control over the general population. Um, and I'm absolutely not talking about that. So what I'm talking about is an environment where there's no need for that hierarchical structure for, for, for the party, as it were, to, uh, to lord it over the rest. Um, and I cite as, you know, as a partial example at least, um, Switzerland, which is in a really interesting country in many ways, they're not, they're not heavily geared towards, you know, the sort of leadership structures that we are. And they don't, they tend to have a lot of referenda to make decisions. Um, and so they, they are much more about the people and for the people. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing some amazing things over there. Um, and and I, I, I don't know if we've really spoken about the eight levels of human potential on here. Um, but um, what, so just as a really quick introduction, because, you know, we're already at half an hour in this episode, so just so that we can kind of um, get an idea of where they're at as a community, um, most of um, Western society is levels two and four, without going into too much detail about what that means, it's basically tribal and control. So there's a lot of um, tribal behaviour being people that um, are about society but not terribly effective at being successful in areas of their life. And control, which is about um, fairness and rules and regulations. And that's kind of how we experience a lot of a lot of the world at the moment. What a society like that would suggest, where there's a lot of referendum and definitely breakthroughs and a lot of that, would suggest probably a level six, which is community, where they're actually right. working together as one. And what you're talking about really is a community-based society. I like that. Um, I it's funny, every time someone hears me, you, know, you bring the word community in and I think, yeah, that's the right word. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Like I think taking, especially in this day and age, you know, people are scraping together and put a rip over their head, food and belly, you know, it's like there's, there's a tear down effect with that. And when people are struggling, it adds to stress. Uh, you know, how can you, how can people survive those? Things sort of weighing heavily on you. So that, as you say, different countries, you know, that, you know, like a national basic income, you know, everyone gets, well, you know, five hundred, eight hundred dollars a month, irregardless of your income. Um, that just eases some of the burden uh, for some people. Um, you know, so it may or may not enhance their life, but again, it, it can add that sense of community. You know, people start to contribute and they're not stressed about just putting a roof over their head and booting their belly chair. Well, I think for myself, I think one of the biggest things that's causing how we're experiencing life right now is the breakdown of community. Yeah. And even the, the breakdown of tribe. We don't even have... It wasn't that long ago that, you know, they, they used to make movies about 
families that lived in like a one bedroom house together and often, you know, several generations would even share one bed together and they'd all just live like that. And that was how people lived. And that was their sense of community and society and um, everybody just worked together. Now, as you know, we try to keep up with the Joneses, as they put it, we're getting bigger and bigger houses. We're getting more and more isolated from each other. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a house where I had my own ensuite. I didn't. What did I need people for? I just needed to go downstairs when I was hungry and get some food. Um, and, and that's meant to be that's seen as a good thing in modern society. But the reality is, there's no community in that. And as and as good as that might feel in the moment, where you can think about, hey, look, I've got all this, and, and I feel really special. The really the thing that's really missing is community. And as the type of beings that we are, community is critically important to us. Like we really deeply need that love and connection. It's one of the core drivers for us as a species. And as we grow in you know, our, I'm just going to use the word greed, um, just for simplicity's sake. As that grows, we're deteriorating our sense of community and really connecting with other people. You know, you look at social media, and it's very rare for it to be a place of connection. It's a place of putting on a show for people. Hey, this is what I'm up to. This is what I'm doing. Don't I look cool? Aren't I ace? Um, so we've got so many ways to connect and yet we've never been less connected. And what's happening in my experience is that we're not getting to the heart of what, what it is to be human. We're not connecting with people on a deep level. Yeah. In fact, we even, we even get weirded out when we have to have that type of conversation. Someone cries, we don't know what to do. Why is that person crying? It's just weird. Everybody walk away, leave them alone. Like, yeah, everything all right. Yeah, instead yeah. of going, oh wow, what happened? Like, how could you possibly be like this? Let me, you know, let me get into your world and find out what's going on. And I think that there's a big shift that needs to occur for society to start looking at it differently. And that's where we'll be able to create that community. You know, there was that song, "We Are," um, was it "We Are the World." Yeah. Um, you know, talking about everybody coming together. A lot of musicians. You know, starting with the, the Beatles, if you have a look at them, they've been through this space. They've gone through making lots of money and they're out the outside going, hey, look, not the solution. Community is. Yeah. Yeah, and being such a consumer society, like that's, you know, that's the whole economy is based on people mm-hmm. buying shit, yeah? That's why, you know, companies like Amazon, uh, Apple, you know, continue to grow. They don't build houses and shelter people. They sell shit and sell more shit. Yep. You know, so, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying all of it's shit and all of it's bad. I'm just saying that you know it's probably representative of where we're at uh, as as a race that we've got so far away uh, from the connection. I remember the days when it was one television in the lounge and one phone on the wall. Now everybody has got their own television and their own phone. Yeah. And a television on the phone. <laughs> yeah, well, we can we can blame you know blame whoever blame blame Harvey Norman, but I don't think there's anything to blame. I think there's just something to notice about what's actually occurring. 
Well, the cost of TV is like you can buy a TV. Look at that one on the wall. It's giant. I paid you know, $695 yeah. for it. Sure, I'll get four. Yeah. If you get that price, you can all have one in your room. Shit, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so nothing wrong with it. No. But the result that it creates is lack of community. Well, if, if it just feels good to have a large TV in your room and that's what makes you feel good, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, that that um, consumer machine has done its job by selling us a TV, but that's sort of short-lived, right? You know, once you get outside of that, yeah. You know, you want the next big TV? Yeah, and we and we are sort of quite selfish in of ourselves. Like it's always, you know, each to their own. And, and when that's you, the key. Yeah, well, when you get a certain community too through different, um, you know, say sporting clubs or different. You know, just anything out there that's community based, you really get a sense of people sort of working together and, you know, being helpful and offering, you know, help and just being genuinely nice to each other. And I find that that's uh, that's cool and refreshing. And what's yeah. what's not cool and refreshing is when you have frank and honest conversations with people that they're all of a sudden offended. You know, and you're like, really? <laughs> you know, did they take that offence? They won't, you know, they won't communicate that to you. Mm. They'll do it via a myriad of social networks or whatever it is, uh, except kind of chat. Yeah. You know, we just don't get into each other's world. Yeah. You know, we don't. We're so busy with our own stuff, trying to deal with it with ourselves. We we can't see what's available to us. You know, you you live in a house where you've got to do everything yourself, and it's tough. You live in a house where You've got multiple families, and you know, or even just multiple family members. You bring everyone together and you share the load. You're so much more productive. I mean, if I've got to um, wash all the wash all the dishes, you know, every time, then you know, I'm going to be busy. But if we share the load, you know, then hey, let's go and you know, hey, the, the dishes are done now. How about we all go and you know, play a game together? Yeah, and that's with anything in life. You know, everybody thinks that they need to do it all themselves and have everything together and, and look cool. So therefore, they're all busy running around trying to do everything. Um, we're not getting into each other's world and creating community and getting the benefits of that. But caveman yeah. figured it out. <laughs> but, but even in saying that, based on the, the you know the consumer world that we live in, it's the same with uh, you know even in the coaching space. People are always. You know, you've got to achieve, you know, double growth on sales and what's going on here? It's a problem. It's a real problem. People start to think it's a problem. Well, it's not really a problem. It depends how you look at it. No, no, no. I see a big problem there because you're not doubling sales like, you know, Donnie over there. It's not looking good for you. You know what I mean? So we take on all this additional, you know, load that we generally just add stress and, you know, ill health and who knows? Who knows what it affects? It's here down effect with that. Um, yeah, I think sometimes, yeah, as, as I said before, I think it gets in the way of what the actual reality is. Nine times out of ten, it's not true and it shifts in an instant. Uh, so do our feelings. So, again, I, I think we're pretty harsh on ourselves at times too, in, in, in every facet. We just need to chill the fuck out. And, uh, yeah, someone needs a hand, man. You know, like you, you killed enough out to go, yeah, hey, I reckon get in his world. Hey, what's been going on? You know, I think that, that even that simple uh, act uh, is really important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely getting into the other people's world. That's, that's a piece of magic. Yes, most definitely. 
Al, is there something else you wanted to say? We're at uh, we're at forty minutes for this episode, so we're gonna. Um, uh, yeah, all, I can, all I can really do is comment again on the fact that uh, that you know talking with you guys is is uh, is really cool. It just uh, it certainly provokes me to think more. De- I'm a deep thinker, by the way, and you guys provoke me to think more deeply about things that. I thought I thought deeply about. So thank you very much. Awesome. Awesome. And uh yeah, hopefully the um our listeners have got something great from today. Um hopefully, you know, whatever's happening in your life, if if there's a relationship anywhere in your life that isn't working, just get into their world. Just take time out to get into that person's world and when you really show a, a genuine interest in what's going on for that person, not, you know, not judgment. It's got to be, got to be judgment-free. And just get in there and actually care about what that person's going through genuinely and be there to support them. Then that relationship will transform in that moment. Yeah. And don't put too much pressure on yourself, man. Yeah. Yep. That's what it is. And, uh, yeah. and love yourself because you're awesome. Yeah, not too much. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Genuine, genuine love. No, uh, no pretense. Genuine love. Oh, no, 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 because I do that. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of good at it too. So, debating whether to start a YouTube channel, whether it's appropriate or not. We're not here to discuss that. So I'll let you know. Cool. We'll share it with us. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Al. Thanks, Luke. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks both, guys. Thanks, and thank you all for listening. Thanks.